0: Coming up. Welcome to the Bat Flip Crazy Podcast with your host, Toby G. Hello and welcome to episode 225 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today is edition number 129 of Bubba and the Batflip. Bubba and I take a look at, I'm not even sure what week it is. What is it, week 15 um, of FAB, I think? 15 of 26 uh, of FAB. So we take a look at um, the major movers and shakers uh, in 12-team leagues, um, share our own league ads and drops who we're looking at the waiver wire, some in-depth analysis of some popular players, and then answer some great listener questions. So hope you enjoy the podcast. If you do, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Let's get this party started.
1: And welcome back everybody to another episode of and the Bat Flip episode 129 going to recap your week and fab as usual and uh just have a little more fun as uh, who knows s'mores talk probably comes up mr vacation's back he had a great time so <laughs> who knows who knows what what desserts he came up with you can find myself on twitter at pdintric, and the man that blew up twitter on monday as the mr bat flip crazy on twitter at Batflip crazy toby how we doing man
0: i'm good i'm good wow <laughs> I, I was gone for a week and all of a sudden <laughs> mr vacation and uh, uh, and uh i'm jealous i'm being called I'm, I'm a one i'm a one name man you know just yeah. just call me toby i know? saw
1: that i saw that on twitter the other day it was so funny it was like Glen's laughing. i was like oh you're never gonna live that down ever
0: i know for those who aren't on twitter all day long like myself um justin mason put out the lineup for uh potapalooza my is it pot it's pot, potapalooza, potapalooza right yeah yeah which is a great event it's a fundraiser um for charity, and we it's just this do weekend. a lot of it's this is weekend, uh, July 23rd and July 24th. I'll be on at two, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. How about you, Bubba? I am at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Saturday. On Saturday, okay. And I'm so I'm I'm later on Saturday as well. But in the list of people who were participating, it just said Toby, and so I think it was Jenny Butler first who commented yeah. and was like, Is, is he a one? A one name guy now or what's the deal like mr batfoot crazy toby Batfoot crazy or whatever so um it was it was it was very funny i said it made my day just to uh to see that discussion happening it was a lot of fun but yeah had some desserts really uh went to the baked bear in south lake tahoe which nice. I'd, I'd highly recommend it's got some big cookies some big ice cream it was it was fantastic tahoe's great if anybody gets a chance to go there, it's it's a lot of fun and very relaxing. So, yep, it's the
1: best. It's absolutely awesome there. I um, some I, I no one cares, but like I listen to Pat McAfee's show a lot. He has played in the century. I care. yeah, uh, thank you. He played in the century uh, tournament where all the celebrities play. Like the weekend before, I think you got or you might have got there right around then. It's the first time he'd ever been in Tahoe, and when he returned to his show Monday and was talking about, he's like, it's like a hidden gem place is amazing like everything's perfect with it i'm like yeah welcome like california is not all like you know, heavy freeways and smog like there's some pretty cool spots if you oh, actually go man. searching for it tahoe it's a it's a
0: beauty you get all the seasons you get it all so it's, it's definitely a good time yeah so. california is unreal i mean california is unbelievably beautiful all over yeah. i mean where you live where i live like tahoe redwoods beaches like yeah. It's, it's just it's normal. not all LA it's and
1: it's not all LA and San Francisco. There's so much more than just the two big cities. So for lots sure. going on in the in the state. But uh yeah, we got some fantasy baseball to talk about here. A week sixteen fab Indeed. with the all-star break going on right now. Some people uh when we get into our, our pickups for the week, I had one OC that was pretty much asleep at the wheel. There was like five total moves in the league. Me and one other guy made moves. And then every other the league was pretty active, but there was one I was just like, Whoa, okay. Sounds good. So as usual, we'll recap the uh, online championships just the 12-teamers, but uh, Toby will definitely give his 15-team uh, twist to it because that's where he's rocking and rolling these days, and we'll go over the top moves of the week, hit up some listener questions, and get on out of here for you guys on a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, whenever you are listening to this. And the top ad of the week, in 189 leagues, Asturi Ruiz of the San Diego Padres for $454 max bid. That was wild. Dude's got a ton of speed in the minors. Got one stolen base so far early on here. Uh, he's got five hits, double and a triple. He even got caught stealing one, so he's tried to steal twice, which is big. Um, the only thing I'll mention is he's playing in the outfield. They got some injuries in San Diego. Those will eventually go away. Then playing time can be interesting. I wasn't super aggressive on Ruiz. We'll see if that's a wrong move. What was your thoughts on Astoria Ruiz?
0: Yeah, I wasn't overly aggressive um, on Ruiz. I think there are some limitations to the profile. I think he's like, you know, super high ceiling because of the, the steals, as you mentioned, but also incredibly low floor, I think, as well. I mean, you just see it already in the profile. He's only got 19 plate appearances, but his, his O swing is at 50%, you know? Um, he's not making a ton of contact, 13.3% hard hit rate. I know that was kind of talked about a lot was just the absolute lack of hard hit rate that, that he has his max EV so far on 15 balls in play is a hundred miles per hour. That's uh, sub cabin uh levels right there, which is always, which is always scary. So I think there's like a lot of limitations and then there's the playing time issue, right? So Profar is back. He was called up right after Profar went down. Um, he's a right-handed hitter. Will Myers is on the recovery. He should be back after the all-star break. So there's more and more competition. And I think what was challenging to kind of navigate is he faced, I think either four or five left-handers out of six games. And so I think for a lot of people, it's like, Oh, he's playing every day. And it's like, well, it's really hard to determine whether he's actually playing every day or whether he's part of the short side platoon. And then with, when Will Myers comes, he goes back down. Now they obviously, you know, there's some rumors that they want to showcase him, make him part of a larger deal, which is certainly a possibility. And, And I think that's maybe where the most value lies. So it's one of those things where I think the chance that he hits is like 10%, but if he hits, you know, and that includes like 50% that he gets consistent playing time and 50% chance that he's actually good or even less than that, probably in my estimation. So like, you know, 10% that he hits, if he hits, it could be a league winner because of the steals, you know, 60 steals already this year. Although again, steals in the minors a little bit questionable, but even the Bad X has him projected for, I think, six when I looked uh, during Fab. Uh, six deals and 108 plate appearances. Let's see. What is it? And it's now 96 and 98 plate appearances. So you're talking 600 plate appearance, 36 steals. That's huge mm-hmm. um, from a projection standpoint. So I could see why people were aggressive with him. I wasn't as aggressive. Um, there were some guys that I felt were pretty similar. Like in 15s, I was looking at Akil Badu with a lot of games coming up as like a very similar... Maybe guy with more power who's actually done it in the majors for a little while. So, yeah, that's a, just a really long way of saying I wasn't that in aggressive with him, like $13 bids and 15 teamers, stuff like that, where I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get him.
1: Yeah, I was just really, really concerned with the playing time, as you mentioned. that That's like, it's, it's this time of the year where, you know, if some leagues I have, you know, 400 bucks or whatever. Some leagues I have like 250. It's like I can't be going and going crazy for a guy I can't trust to be there. I'd rather, you know, spend 10, 12 bucks on a leodi Tavares or something that, Uh, might be up just as long or longer and and roll those dice or different players like we talked about so many outfielders in recent weeks that like you can move up and down and move around your rosters and um, i I think i'd rather spend on those again could be wrong like you said the ceiling of steals is crazy it's just i i'm not a believer in the playing time we'll see could be wrong we've been wrong on many of these things i've been wrong on many of these things before so time will tell with estuary release all right, next up, Max Mayer, or Meyer, another uh, young stud pitcher for the Miami Marlins. They just keep churning them out. He's crushing the minor leagues in his debut against Philadelphia five and a third, seven hits, five runs. Two of those are home runs, a walk, and five Ks. Like there was some good out of the start, obviously some bad out of the start. Could have been nerves. Like we see this a lot with these stud pitchers. He's supposed to get a pretty good run here going forward. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, they do have guys coming back from the LA. I got Edward Cabrera coming back. Does he go into the rotation? What happens there? There's other moving pieces in Miami. So I put bids in on Meyer, but it, like there's gonna be a theme. I wasn't aggressive on anybody this week, but um, Meyer was one. I, I was very intrigued by Meyer. I just didn't want to break the bank, and uh, I need to report he was added in 173 leagues, as high as 308 dollars. So what was your thoughts on Max Meyer?
0: Yeah, I wasn't aggressive at all on Meyer. Um, which part of it was just looking at the projection, you know, none of the projection systems really have him being all that good. You know, the lowest ERA is steamer, which is not surprising. Steamer kind of is higher on everybody. The bat has him at four, three, eight with a one, three, four whip, you know, uh, even steamer at that four, one has a one, three, four whip, and none of them have him at even a K per nine. Now, again, it's the projections, they're medium projections, You know, he could do much better. Sometimes they miss on minor leaguers. He had an okay start, as you mentioned. You know, I think the positives were the low walk rate. You know, again, one start. But 17.4% came out on his walk, 11.4% swinging strike. But he didn't really dominate in the zone. He was heavy, heavy slider. I mean, 50% sliders, um, which is kind of, which is interesting. It'll be interesting to see how different teams play him. I don't know, you know, whether he was more effective against, um uh against lefties or what um but uh it seems like a situation where you know lefties might be able to take advantage although it looks like righties were the ones that got him on this one so it'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out I think another limitation is just the Marlins offense I mean one of the reasons why a lot of people weren't on Sandy Alcantara even though he was really good was because of the wins right I think he got nine wins last year despite being like absolutely off the hook And so, you know, with Meyer, like we're going to run into the same issue. And I think that's an issue for all Marlins pitchers. The difference is Alcantara is incredibly elite. The benefit is Meyer does have a great pitching park to go into. So, I mean, there's positives and negatives, but I didn't see a huge, a huge, I didn't see him like pitching is where I'm doing really well, generally across my leagues. And so I was, wasn't focused as much on pitchers, especially ones that I felt like it was going to take a big bid to win them.
1: Yeah. No, I'm with you. 100% with you. Like Pitching's hard to find. I get it. And especially in 15s. And we have a question on that later that we'll talk about. But again, it comes back to what I said with Ruiz. Like I only have so much money left. We still have 11 fad periods to go. It's like I want to be able to get those moves. We talked about it time and time again. Like, Where you flourished last year was getting these late week moves because you had the money to do it. And you made some serious jumps in leagues. And at least finished in the cash if not winning. And you have to have the money to do that, obviously. I'd rather be able to put out you know six to twelve dollar bids throughout the rest of the season and get guys when everyone else can put two and three dollar bids out stuff like that so it has to be something i'm like in reality with with meyer i was i was intrigued by him but there was almost some relievers i was willing to put out there in this short week over meyer just to get those counting stats and that's kind of where my head was at in the roster construction or there was uh especially relievers on teams playing like five games like okay he's playing at least two outings like you know you're gonna get Two to three innings out of this guy, maybe he'll he'll you know sneak a win in or something. Like that was the kind of stuff I was more intrigued with than a guy like Meyer, who legit could be gone in a couple starts. He could be an ace. You never know. But you look at uh, last year, I think he threw like 101 or 102 total innings. He's already at like 66 on this season. So what's he have? 50, 60 maybe innings left, maybe. So even if it's five innings a start, 10 starts, eleven starts, if he sticks around, that's you know, you're not getting the full dose, but who knows? We'll have to kind of wait and see how that one plays out as well. Uh Leoni Tavares. This is one I was very intrigued by. Uh, picked up in 173 Leody. leagues as high as $200. I know you've talked about him in recent weeks. I've been playing a ton of him in DFS. Anybody that's in the chats that I run, he's been like dirt cheap in draft. He's up to like 2,400 to drive the brick. He's at 2K forever. Uh, switch hitter. Ended, this, ended the, uh, the, uh, the first half on an eight-game hitting streak, hitting safely in 10 of his last 11. And it's not even just like a short spurt. He's hitting 341 since so getting called up with three homers, five stolen bases, and most importantly, and I know you'll hit on all this. His strikeout rate is dropping compared to what we've seen in the past. His plate discipline is, is much better. It's improved in the minors, and it's translated to the bigs compared to previous seasons. So he used to be like a low thirty percent K guy, now he's a twenty four percent. That's a big drop for the stuff we're looking for. I mean, he's getting on base and he's going to steal bags. So I love the improvements we're seeing. He's still a very young player. He had the prospect pedigree. Um, is he going to be elite? Who knows? Is he going to regress a bit? Probably. Like the babip's crazy. I'm not cra- like stupid but I think the the speed's legit. He does have decent power and the Rangers have no reason not to play this guy. So I was very excited about, this was one of the guys I was more excited about this week. What about you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, where he was available in 15 teamers, I was pretty aggressive. Unfortunately he was gone um, in a lot of places. It's just one of those things. Like I loved layout last year, last year I had him in so many places, so many DCs, so many leagues, and he just killed me. And it's just, you know, last week was this the week of his career so far. Um, I think he had at least three steals. He, I think he had two home runs last week. Like yep. just been uh, really good. You mentioned some of the improvements um, in the K rate. I think that's really big as you mentioned, and it, it shows up in his contact rate too. 79% contact rate up 4% from last year in zone contact up 10%, which is huge. You know, pay, play discipline, you know, he's still not going to be a guy who walks a ton, but that contact, I think, is really critical for him. You mentioned the Babip. Yeah, he's not going to hit 420. He's not going to have a Babip of 426. Um, that's for sure. But if he can hit 250, I mean, with the power and speed combo that he's got, Bad X has him projected for 230, five home runs, nine steals, and 230 plate appearances. I mean, that's 1018 over the course of a full year. And, pretty impressive if he can move his way up that lineup a little bit i think you know then he really becomes a fantasy asset i think the challenge is right we've probably seen the best week that he's going to have and it's going to be tough for him to replicate that he's got the three home runs but they come on only two barrels so he's got more home runs than barrels he does have the nice max ev at 109.2 which is really nice the hard hit is up as well so again like i think you're hoping for like that 250 you know, and, and keeping up the steals. I mean, the Rangers have been super aggressive. I mean, think about Marcus Semyon. I mean, we're talking about Mar- Marcus Semyon, like he was done, like not we were, but like people yeah, were talking right. about him, like he's done. I mean, he's got to have like 75 steals already this year. Um, how many does he have? I mean, let's, let us let see. Uh, off top of my head, I'm guessing he's like 16, have, like, 17, maybe. Like what is he, what are you saying? I mean, every time I see, you want to know how I know is because I have Josh Smith everywhere. He's got 17 already. Yeah. I think. yeah. Don't listen to me. I was the guy who was like, eh, he's not going to steal more bases than he stole last year. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, I have Josh Smith everywhere, you know? So I'm like looking, looking for that Josh Smith stolen base. And all I see is Marcus Semyon's stolen bases, you know? Yep. So, um, but yeah, Tavares, I mean, very solid. Like I think, You get him in there, he's playing every day, which is critical. He's a switch hitter, so he can play every day. As long as he's hot, he'll be there. Kind of ride it while you can, but don't be afraid to jump off when things cool down a little bit, which I think they inevitably will. But I do like him a lot more than Estuary Ruiz, to the question we get later.
1: 100 percent yeah no i was all in on that like he he should be playing over cole calhoun pretty much every day there's no reason to play calhoun out there you mentioned the aggressiveness of the rangers like smith's running a lot but he seems to be platooning for the most part on the strong side of it don't get me wrong but uh, he he leads off when he plays which is nice at least garcia's running wild which is fun to see like you're right this this team's and they're putting up runs like this last week or so i know they played the a's which most teams will but they also had some other matchups where you thought it'd be kind of quiet maybe and that offense is pesky because Seager is balling out. I've been 100% wrong on that. You mentioned Simeon. This team and uh, Nathaniel Lowe has been productive. Like It's a sneaky good offense for a bad baseball team is the best way I could put it. Like it's, it's it's fantasy relevant, and Tavares can fit in there. Like He's hitting sixth, but he's been productive because up and down that lineup, they either have good OBP guys or they have guys that are just getting it done right now. So he's going to have production opportunities, which I, I like to see out there for sure. All right. Um, next up on the docket here, Matt Carpenter. This guy, I wrote about him in way too many articles lately because it's just mind-boggling to me. Um, 138 leagues, as high as 156. The dude's got 13 home runs on the season, 34 RBIs. Uh, he's walking 13.4 percent of the time, hitting 354. Obviously, regression's coming for the man, but he's elevating the ball more often. He's pulling the ball more often, which is the Yankee Stadium recipe. Like it, it works. Um, so. It's hard to ignore it, and he's not even – he kind of is platooning, but I can't remember who tweeted it out. If you look over, like, the last three weeks or whatever, he's has the same amount of at-bats as, like, Glaber Torres and two other guys that are kind of platooned as well. So he's playing kind of regularly for a Yankee, if that makes sense. And it's making him fantasy real. I did not want to buy into this, and it's hard to kind of ignore at this point, Toby.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's played the last four games, including righties and lefties. Um, he was definitely interesting. I mean, you know, we know that Matt Carpenter has been good. And I think one of the things that I like about him is that the plate discipline is so elite, you know, he's so selective at the plate that even when he's not, you know, that he can drain that batting average quick, but he's at least getting on base, you know, scoring some runs, especially in that lineup. He's not going to have a five fifty seven ISO, you know, he's not going to have a 41.9% home run per fly ball. You know, he's got 13 homers on 11 barrels, but like he is, he's making contact. Like the contact rate is up to where it last was in 2017, you know? So he's making contact. O swing continues to be low. And as long as he plays well and Joey Gallo is terrible, then, you know, I think he's still going to get some opportunities uh, to play. And then when he doesn't, then, you know, the playing time will cut back a little bit, but they'll, you they'll get, they'll get what they can out of him. And I think that could be decent, you know, like it's a good recipe, like a high contact, good plate discipline, super low ground ball rate right? in Yankee Stadium, like you mentioned is it's kind of ideal. So I wasn't overly aggressive on him. He was actually available, I think, in one 15 teamer that I had. But I didn't go too too aggressive just because I feel like we've seen the best and we could see some bad stuff here coming up. But um yeah, it doesn't mind, especially in like a 12-team where he's the type of guy you just kind of throw in there. Especially next week, Yankees have five games. I even picked go. up Joey Gallo in a couple places. Whew. They have five games, uh, four righties, I believe. Yep. Let yeah. me just double-check that. Oh, no, they've got five righties. Yep. They were going up against Verlander, Garcia, Wells, Bradish, and Kramer. I mean, yeah, you, you know. That, you
1: got that Baltimore you, series.
0: You know yeah. that Dean Kramer. You know Dean Kramer owes Joey Gallo a couple home runs, right? Yep. yep. Um, so and again, like you know, Jack, Gallo, I'm not we're not going to keep him for an extended period of time. But if he plays three or four of these games, I I think we could get a homer or two out of it. So we'll see. Yep,
1: that was the um, the whole idea was get those max at bat weeks, and there were a few really good spots out there for sure. And the Yankees obviously were one of them. Uh, Kyle Finnegan added in 135 leagues as high as 123 with Tanner Rainey. Going to the IL for the rest of the season, it looks like, on paper, it's going to be Finnegan's job because even going into the season, it was kind of a debate, Finnegan or Rainey, Finnegan or Rainey. Rainey had it. Rainey was decent, not great, decent, though. Looks like it's Finnegan's job now, so he was a very popular ad this week. Um, I, I had bids in. I can't remember if I got him anywhere or not, but I, I, I had bids in. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, I got him a couple of places. I was pretty aggressive. It may just be sentimentality from last year where he really helped me out in quite a few leagues but he's also been uh, much better, you know, last 15 games, his in-zone contact rates at 73%. O swing is at 33%. K rate is at 26.7 walk rates at 8.3, which is big for him because traditionally he's, he's struggled with control. So you're looking at like an 18% K minus walk rate and then swinging strike rate at 16.2%. So prone to blow ups because of those walks, but um, he's been trending upward in that general direction. Let me see if it's actually like the product of anything in particular, like a velocity increase. I don't think it was when I looked. Oh yeah. It's definitely a velocity increase. Um, So he's up one and a half miles per hour from earlier in the season. He's at 97 one over his last 15 games, which is a full tick higher than he's ever been in his career before. So there's a reason why he is. Better and over his last 10, he's close to 97.5. Um, and over his last five, he's at yeah, he's at 97.5 essentially over his last little bit. So, again, like you love to see all that stuff. Um, that's what you want to see. It elevates his potential to be a better pitcher. And so, I was pretty aggressive with him. I was in the $30, which is pretty aggressive for me. Um, in that scenario, let me just see if there's been any type of like, um, changing what he's throwing not really you No, know, he's throwing the fastball even more but the velo is really helping him out a lot so interesting yeah so i was aggressive with him i think he's the guy you know it was kind of a little lucky i well i thought it was going to be lucky because he didn't get the save on sunday they were go- it looked like he was going to get the save then they got another run so he didn't get it so i thought that might keep the price low of course he was in like the 30s to 50s in, in league so i like him you know
1: yeah, uh, I can definitely see the appeal. So he's one of the better relief pitching targets to come in. And it, it it was good and bad as I had Ryan Roof on last week. And at the end of the episode, I said, hey, well, who are some guys to potentially uh, stash going forward? And he mentioned Finnegan. And the very next day, Rainey went down with an injury. I was like, oh, well, we can't get him for cheap now. That's just been out the window. But uh, he was on that one. So that, that was good to see. Uh, another Miami Marlins pitcher, Braxton Garrett, added 107 leagues as high as $51. To be honest, I was more in on Braxton Garrett than I was on Max Meyer. Um, Garrett threw over 120 innings last year. He's around 65 this year, so he's got a long ways to go if he goes to improve his innings totals. He did dominate the Pirates his last time out. It is the Pirates, a grain of salt. But overall, it's been pretty solid going outside of a Cardinals game. Uh, Strikeouts have been hit and miss, but he's shown really good pedigree uh, throughout the minors. And um, I like what I'm seeing from him. He should, on paper, be in this rotation for a little bit unless he really screws up. So I, I was more into and Garrett this week than Max Meyer. and I did get Garrett in a few spots. What about you?
0: Yeah. You know, uh, we talked about Garrett like five weeks ago, I think five, six, seven weeks ago um, after his initial start, which makes us sound like really smart, except how many shares do I still have of him left over? I have zero, you know, I had him on every, virtually every single team, you know, when he was being bad and I, I didn't have him in for most of those weeks, but, um, yeah, I like what I've seen. You have to take into consideration like who he was facing, but over his last five games, the O swing is at 42.6%, which is fantastic. Uh, 26.3% K rate. The walk rate is super low at 5.3%, which you would expect with that chase rate. You know, So over 20% K minus walk, 13.6% swinging strike rate. His one struggle is in the zone. He can't get guys in the zone. So that worries me a little bit if that O swing or if guys don't chase... Guys start to see him or you stop facing, you know, the Pirates and the Rockies repeatedly. Like, I worry a little bit about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he pitched really well against the Pirates. He did fine against the Mets. He did great against the Nationals. Um, He struggled against the Cardinals, did well against Colorado. But you love to see that from a guy. Honestly, it's like it's like the reverse Marco Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez, God knows when to throw the guy. I mean, he seems to pitch better against the Astros and the Dodgers than he does against like the Rangers, you know, um, that's the worst when you, when a guy dominates bad teams and he's a stream streamer type, like you love that because you know, you can kind of go to him and you can trust him. So I actually, I think I might've gotten him into 12. I think I got JT Brubaker and Garrett, or I might've just gotten Brubaker or I might've just gotten Garrett. I can't remember. We'll find out later cliffhanger i know really <laughs> nerve. Ner- i was in on both
1: of them out. just to clear, clear too like yeah i'm with you
0: totally so yeah so i think he you know all the skills are looking good i haven't checked Eno know stuff plus but that's why i was interested with him interested in him initially was because he rated so highly there and i probably shouldn't have given up on him so quickly lesson learned
1: yeah no, but that's We talk about it time and time again, and it's one of those like you can't just hold guys and hoping all the time. Like you got to be able to move guys. And on paper, yes, he looked good and everything. But early on, there was still a chance when Edward Edward Cabrera came up and some other like stuff that he wasn't sticking around. Like he was just spot starting. So you weren't going to hold on to him and stash him like he's not a stash on your roster. He's not some like elite, elite arm. But, you know, now now it's, it's Captain Hindsight stuff is all it is. And um, if, you know, we can get our buddy Rob on and tell us, what bias is this, Rob? Because we have a bias right here. And this is one that, that got us good. And, hey, it happens. It's This it won't be the last time this year either. That's, that's the fun part. Alexis Diaz of the Cincinnati Reds added in 79 leagues as high as $58, as low as one brother of Edwin Diaz. Uh, Alexis has some really nasty stuff. He's been pitching in the back end of that Cincinnati rotation. Uh, he's got a couple saves on the year. It's just a constant revolving door in Cincinnati um i wasn't overly into it just like he's good but you know we've done the strickland dance we've done like seven guys now and i don't see it changing anytime soon like diaz could be out by next friday and it could be someone else so i get it but this was definitely not a break the bank guy for me
0: what did strickland do to deserve losing that job yeah that's Uh. that's what
1: bugs me because i actually got strickland a few weeks ago too but and he's been really Good. Like I know he can blow up. I've said it before. I've seen it in San Francisco. I remember the blow ups. But when he's on, he's really good. Like he's a good closer, and he had done nothing wrong in Cincinnati. So it was really confusing.
0: I don't know. I was pissed.
1: I had him, and, and, and then, he could be back. Not in only that. he could be back on Friday. For all we know, you you would not be shocked nah. if Strickland's closing on Friday. Like that's just how stupid it is.
0: He um, and then they bring him in down like eleven to three or eight to three in the eighth inning, like after he pitched the day before. I'm just like, I'm like, what the heck? And he gives up three runs, of course, like right off the gate, right out the gate. That was brutal. Um, for Diaz, like I like him, you know, he's better than Strickland. But my major concerns are the Babbitt super low at 183 walk rates really high at 14.3%. He's got some nice, the end zone contact, the O swing, the swinging strike are solid. K minus walk is not exceptional at 16.4% because of that really high walk rate, which concerns me again. And we saw that kind of come back to bite him in in his second outing. So, again, without knowing for sure that he's going to have the saves, I think he's a dangerous play because of that walk rate. And, again, we don't have the track record to know whether, like with his home run rate, he's given up three home runs, but it comes on six barrels. So it's hard to, like, know, you know, what he's going to get to, you know, like what type of pitcher is going to be from that perspective. So there could be regression coming, um, there as well. So, which is all to say, I, I stay, I stayed away. Yeah. Stay it's, away. it's a
1: mess. It's a mess and sensei. And, uh, until they ever say we have one guy I'm in, but I don't know if they're going to say that maybe there'll be some trades to take place and it kind of shorters it up to at least two guys down the stretch. But for now it's literally a revolving door. In Cincinnati, and it is very, very annoying. If if you can get him for a buck or two, cool. Roll your dice, see what happens. But like we we talked about this time and time again, these are not break the bank guys. Um, Finnegan, I could see spending some cash. Like I don't see anybody taking that job from him unless he gets traded or just really blows up. But um, Diaz, like I said, Friday night we could see Strickland or even somebody else closing that game, and none of us would be surprised. So it's just, it's just the way it goes in Cincinnati, and that's that's the full tilt moment when you spend money on this guy. The Reds are up four to three, eighth inning, and you see someone else warming up in the bullpen, and you're just like, I just spent all that money, like, sweet, this is great. So, yeah, it'll happen. Another one, Brett Martin of the Texas Rangers was added in 70 leagues as high as $59. Martin's been closing with Barlow out, picked up three saves. But the last couple outings have been a little rough, including a loss on his last outing. Overall, they've been pretty darn good this season as a whole when it comes to being out of the bullpen. Um, But Barlow will be back here, I believe, sooner than later. So that's something to keep an eye on. But Martin has been very, very formidable. And if Barlow gets traded or gets hurt again, it seems like Martin's the guy. But, um, that's why he was a heavy target for some this week. What about you toby?
0: Yeah, he was a heavy target for me last week. Um, I definitely think he has the gig. He's pitched well when he's when he's had save opportunities. The skills have declined recently, so you hope those improve like his he's got a gnarly z contact of like ninety eight percent. um o swing is down, which I think is critical for him because you can tell that he can't get swings and misses inside the zone. Walk rate is up as a result. Swinging strike rate's decent at 11%. So it's not overwhelming skill-wise, but I definitely think he has the job um, until he loses it. So I rolled with him. I think I had him. I, have him in a, I picked him up in an OC, I think. Um, I picked him up last week in, in a couple 15-teamers.
1: Yeah, no, he's definitely like a $2 $3 bid I was making this week. I don't think I got him anywhere, but uh didn't mind rolling with him at least this week, especially with not that many starters going. It had my attention for sure uh Kyle Lewis is rehabbing in uh for the Mariners uh in Triple A and he's scorching hot. He was picked up in 66 leagues as high as $52. He's hitting 261 which you know it's Kyle Lewis but he has five home runs over that stretch which is very very promising. Uh it's got people very excited about Kyle Lewis, but people are always excited about Kyle Lewis and we've seen that roller coaster ride. He's got a great ceiling. We've seen that, but there's also a massive floor, like a basement floor, with Kyle Lewis. So people were picking him up this week, hope in hopes of him coming up and making an impact. But I guess I was not one of them. What about you, Toby?
0: Yeah, I, I did not go after Lewis. Um, it sounds. I think they were talking end of July, which I guess it's almost end of the ju- end of July already. But you know, the health is a major concern. I'm sure they're going to treat him with. Is it kid gloves? Is that what they say? I'd
1: say kid, kid gloves. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Yeah um yeah they're gonna just they're he's not gonna play all that often but i mean he could be big you know he's projected for 24 home runs over over 600 plate appearances by the bad x the batting average is low but seems a little too low given where he's been throughout his career he steals a little bit although maybe won't because of the health issues so yeah i mean I, i can see why people were aggressive with him like a good example, and you know, in 480 plate appearances so far in the majors, he's hitting 258 with 24 homers and seven steals. I mean, that's 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 huge, especially in deeper leagues. In 12 teamers, I mean, I think this is where people go a little wrong is like that's kind of that in the 12 teamer, that's like replacement level. Like you can pick up yes. guys who do that week in, week out just mm-hmm. by streaming guys. You know, so it's like, who would you rather have this week, Kyle Lewis or like Jake Myers on Houston, who's going to have five games and play every day and potentially steal, potentially hit home runs, probably score some runs at some RBI. Like that's the type of that's those are the guys that you got to be after instead of like the Kyle Lewis's. wait till Kyle Lewis comes up and you have a sense of his playing time because he's not a guy who's going to he's not a league winner.
1: And that that's you, – you you nailed it, and that's why I think it's funny you give your 15-team mindset. Yeah. I give my 12 because I'm 100%. That's why I wasn't in on them at all. I'm like, I don't need to stash a guy right now, especially a guy like Kyle Lewis on my bench in a 12-team league when there's so many other options. Like we've talked about the Tyron Taylors, the Jake Myers, like all these other guys that are playing all the time. I'd rather rather—I'd rather go with Kiel Badu on a, the, the the big schedule they have this week. Um, obviously, I was in on Leo Taveras. There's just so many more outfield options I was going for over a guy that might not be back to the end of July, and we just don't know when he's going to play, he could be good. could be really good, like we talked about. But uh, for a 12, it's tricky. It's tricky to roster a guy like that. And I've had questions from people in 10 and 12-team leagues like about, should I start stashing certain guys? And I'm like, these aren't stashed guys. They're just not. I hate to break it to you. Like, they're fun. They're cool names. They're young. People are hyped on them. They're not stashes. They're just not at this point in time. Unless you have unlimited ILs, then you can do whatever you want. But that's a different animal. Nolan Jones, he was picked up in most leagues last week, but 51 leagues for as high as 181 this past week. Obviously, I would assume not available on any 15s this week after last week, but I didn't have you here last week. So I want to get your thoughts on Nolan Jones, who's hitting 333 so far. He's got a home run. He's walking 18% of the time, striking out a ton still, but walking a lot, which I think is really, really good to see. So uh, what are your thoughts on Nolan Jones? Because uh, the hype train is real with this one in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, um I mean, so far so good, right? The O swings at nineteen point eight percent, which is fantastic. Um, he's got a history of walking. You know, even his projections are anywhere from eleven to twelve point eight percent walk rate. So that's huge. If, so if you're in an OBP league, you know, it's fantastic news. The K rate is going to be high. Um, the BABIP is not going to be four seventy one. He he does have four barrels. You know, max EV of one ten. So he checks a lot of the boxes for your typical kind of power OBP power hitter, but he's got a little bit of speed too. I mean, all the projection systems have him for a couple steals in 150 plate appearances. So, you know, rest of the season, maybe looking at eight, eight, four. Um, so not bad. Depends on where he ends up in the lineup. If he stays hot, he could be in the middle of that order and, and produce a lot more, but chances are, you know, he comes down to earth a little bit here and, has a slow few weeks.
1: Yeah. I was I don't have any shares of Nolan Jones. Like it's the the talent is legit, but it's it's like why I have no Gorman shares. There's just so many guys I just I I I avoid most prospects unless it's cheap, just because I'm so timid on the whole situation. Now, Cleveland, what do they have to lose? They really don't because he's cheap. I guess I guess playing time because they'll start costing more sooner. But, uh, yeah, roll with with what you got, but I I would expect a little bit of a slowdown. The fact he walks like he does, though, is very promising. I I like seeing that from a young kid. That is a big plus, and that should help him a little bit as well. All right, the man we mentioned earlier, and I, I already had him in a bunch of leagues, even 12s. I'm a big fan of JT Brubaker. Added in 51 leagues as high as $51. Since June 9th, he's made seven starts. 42 innings, 44 strikeouts. He has five or more Ks in each one of those seven starts. He has three earned runs or less in six of those seven starts. He's got at least five in each of them. 319 ERA, 371 XFIP. He's been pretty darn good, and um, he's been a fantasy – 15s. He's like a great fantasy starter because he's just consistent. I like him in 12s. I don't see this changing much, but we've seen the changes he's made from last year to this year and even early this season till now. Very promising, to me at least. Uh, What's your thoughts on JT Brubaker?
0: yeah I picked him up in some places um in in a 12 where I'm I'm my pitching is isn't that isn't what I had hoped it would be just because he has the Marlins and the Marlins have been um absolutely God awful uh the concern always with Brubaker is the home runs you know that's always kind of been his bugaboo a little bit um I'm just looking he's allowed
1: one he's allowed
0: one since June 9th yeah I think he's gone to the sinker more yeah five straight starts without a home run He's not throwing it he's thrown the sinker a ton more. He's kind of moved away from the four seam fastball. That's good. Um so yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, the home runs is going to be the big issue for him. But yeah, I mean, Miami, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Tampa, Chicago, you know, so the teams haven't been that good, but he's consistently getting those strikeouts and He's pitching decently, and he's he's going up against Miami again, I believe. Let me see if they've confirmed anything there. But, um, yeah, they have him going up against our man Braxton, Braxton Garrett on Saturday. Nice. Must so, see TV, folks.
1: Must see TV. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, it's great.
1: Maybe we have to do a live Bub in the Bat Flip uh, broadcast of Braxton oh, Garrett. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. That's
1: <laughs> what Everyone will wanna, be want to see. Yeah, everyone's going to tune in for that. That'll be must, must listen to. All right, uh, Freddie Peralta added in 49 leagues as high as 111. A lot of people added him last week, more added them this week. You know, they're speculating, hopefully, in July and August. I'm still nervous on how slowly they ramp him up. Um, that's been my concern. I love Freddie. I dropped him in a lot of places. I drafted him everywhere because I – well, actually, I thought he'd be out longer than this. That was the initial reports. So he's coming back a little earlier than the initial reports, which also makes you think they're going to slow play him back. They need him for October. They don't need him for August. Um, so I have not been super aggressive on Freddie that might be my problem what are your thoughts on people picking up Freddie have you picked up Freddie
0: yeah I picked him up in uh, in my OC just because I yeah, I can I can um, handle the, uh, the stash. handle the weight yeah the stash there uh, just moving guys through um, all the time and I need I need ratios which is the worst place to be on earth Um <laughs> When you need ratios, you're like, oh, God. Um, yeah, so I think it's all about like what you got on your bench and what's available to you. I don't think he's going to be pitching in the big leagues probably until middle of August maybe. So you're really stashing him for a little bit. He threw a bullpen session. Um, but, you know, again, they're going to roll him along slowly because – he's the future and they would rather have him healthy for the playoffs, which I think they're going to make I'm pretty, pretty confident in that. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, another guy coming off the IL, hopefully as early as this week, if not early next week is Jacob Junis of the giants picked up in 47 leagues, as high as $49. Junis was great before he got hurt, like a really shiny light in that giants rotation. A lot of people helping fantasy goodness for everybody, um, so i think this is a strong pickup assuming he picks up where he left off uh if you were able to get him i think kudos to you what were your thoughts on people uh, jumping on jacob junis who i think i think we even talked about a few weeks ago starting to jump on picking up jacob junis
0: yeah he he, he pitched on tuesday i think yep or not tuesday sunday it was, yeah it was just recently yeah. yeah um looks like he might have a two-step next week which would be good yeah i mean i think junis the ceiling isn't that high. You know, he doesn't strike out that many guys, even this year when he's been great, you know, the K minus walk rate is nice at 16.2, but only striking out 21.2% of folks only has a 9.7% swing strike rate really relies on the CSW to kind of carry him. Um, But he's getting chased on pitches outside the zone, can't get swings and misses outside the zone. He's kind of the same guy, you know, lower BABIP, lower home run rate, whether that's a product of, the way the Giants are having him pitch, or the stadium, or 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 whether he's just been lucky—I'm not sure. But um, you know, I think he's a—he's uh, fine in 15 teamers. I think there's a lot of da- like in a 12 teamer, I'd stay away. I think there's a lot of downside and not a ton of upside, just because the K's are kind of limited. Um, so yeah.
1: We'll go through a few more here. Jose Miranda picked up in 43 leagues as high as 47. I love what I'm seeing from him. It's one of those uh, you know, prospect slow start. They were gonna send them back down. Injuries kept him up, but he's starting to get comfortable again. We, you know, in the preseason, like best ball leagues and stuff. This was the guy everybody wanted to target. He's gonna be the new third baseman. He crushed it in the minors last year. Well, since June 1st, he's hitting 301, six home runs, 19% K rate, which I think is strong, 221 ISO, been very, very effective as he appears. To be getting comfortable at the plate, there and he's got first base, third base eligibility. I was honestly surprised he's still sticking around in this many leagues. I guess it's the product of a twelve team situation, but um, I think he's a very strong. Like he might not light the world on fire consistently, but I think if you just kind of plug him in for the rest of the season, you're going to be very happy with your end results with those Imran, is the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's, I think he's fine. I think he's like kind of blah for twelve teamers, but. Um, you mentioned like the low K rate is great. Playing time's a little iffy because Miguel Sano is coming back as well. So there's another guy to kind of split things with. He's been pretty lucky. Nine barrels, eight home runs. So, you know, uh, um, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. You know, good in 15 teamers, but I'd kind of steer clear of him. Miguel Sano needs to go away. Let's just be honest; like he, he doesn't need to be involved in this anymore. Man, he was barely striking out in the minors. I'm sure he's going to come in fifteen percent K rate. You know, just if
1: Miguel struck out fifteen percent of the time, Miguel Sano, he'd hit like seventy five home runs. I don't know, <laughs> but we know that's not going to be the case. Um, all right, let's go over our pickups of the week, and we'll get some listener questions here, Toby. So if you want to pull up your ad drops for the all week, right. and let us know what you got going.
0: Let's see what we got. Fab results. All right. Added Haseung Kim. Dropped Michael Chavis. Uh, $13, $8 runner-up. These are all 15-teamers uh, for the time being. Uh, Kim's playing every day. Uh, needed a corner infielder. Chavis is not playing every day. He does have two lef- lefties to start out this week. But um, they're tough matchups. Uh, or not tough matchups, but... Difficult enough matchups, and it's, you know, poor guy. He had two barrels in this one game and two flyouts, you know. Just brutal. Uh, Added Joey Gallo. Dropped Nelson Velasquez. uh, $6, no backup bid. Nobody likes Joey anymore, even though you know, he's career worst across the board and all the luck stats. So hopefully that changes sometime soon. I haven't did seen hit a your, home run on Sunday.
1: I haven't seen a tweet from you on that one. Like you got from Jonathan scope and others, oh, right? Man. You, you, oh, you, man. You, you don't have the courage to throw that tweet
0: out there. Well, Jonathan scope did me in, you know, he's like, well, I'm going to hit this one week that you talk steal, about and me, steal but. four bases though. Yeah. Uh, Brooks Raley added, dropped Tyler Duffy added Reynaldo Lopez, dropped Bruce dark Gratterall. Added Matt Beerling, dropped Luis Gonzalez. The Giants have a bunch of lefties coming up. Yep. I think they have three out of four after Tough the break. too. And then they have three out of four Monday through Thursday. Gonzalez has not played against lefties, or he's played against lefties and then not against righties, which is bizarre. Hasn't really hit been hitting since he came back, and um, just not all that confident that he'll be able to keep up what he was doing earlier in the season. Um, and then, you know, he's kind of week to week. Uh, this is a standalone league though. So, you know, more interested in the ratios than, I mean, I would love to get some saves, but uh, more interested in protecting some of the ratios there. Um, another standalone 15 teamer added Andres Munoz, $13, runner up of $10 for Hunter Strickland. Munoz has just been the best pitcher on earth pro- practically outside of maybe Shohei uh, over the last couple months. And again, standalone league, Looking more for ratios than for saves, at least now. Uh, this was a mistake bid, actually. I got Miguel Rojas for nine, backup of one, dropped Michael A. Taylor. This one, that was a, that was a bad bid on my part. It's one of those ones where like you hit pretty far down on the conditionals, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I didn't really think that I have four shortstops now. Um, <laughs> why on earth did I bid $9 for that guy? I know he has four games coming up, but not, not $9. Not $9, guys um in one of my mains picked up Kyle Finnegan 34 runner-up of 27 I dropped Marco Gonzalez my pitching in this league is is very good my staff is like Garrett Cole Dylan Cease Zach Wheeler Miles Mikolas yeah Eric Lauer (laughs) I have one other guy who's really good so Marco Gonzalez is just I'm up by 100k's I think something like that 110 120k's. So I Marco Gonzalez feels zero need for me. Um added Akil Badu, drop Bruce Star again. Badu, I think there's actually a mistake on Rotowire. I think Rotowire had the Tigers and the Twins having a having a double header on Saturday, but somebody has since told me that that's actually a lie. Is that right
1: i haven't no? i saw the doubleheader i saw them not playing on friday and having a double header on saturday i was very confused by that
0: yeah they, regardless,
1: regardless i think they play three times this weekend
0: yeah they well i think they only play i think the tigers have a double header on thursday no yes. game and then i just think they have two on the weekend oh wow i think um i think rotowire is wrong there because i think the mlb schedule doesn't have it And FBC doesn't have it on there. Oh, no, I'm So we'll see what ends up happening. But anyways, um, there is uh, either three or four righties. So Badu should play there, you know, against Oakland. That's a nice little stolen base opportunity. Same thing with Minnesota. So just probably a one-week rental unless they get a bunch of righties after that, which it doesn't look like they have. So we'll see. We'll see how things go with Badu there. But um, picked him up um in and my another other main I added Frank Schwindel for 17 bucks uh one dollar backup bid maybe it was a little aggressive on Frank Schwindel um Harold Ramirez got hurt so I dropped him which was sad I also added Young Kim uh dropped Michael Chavis I want to say that Padres actually have a tough schedule out of the break which I I'm a little disappointed myself for they've got scherzer carrasco it says degrom but it's a, it's but I, a nasty I don't, schedule, I, don't, I don't think they're gonna have it but i
1: think it's probably taiwan walker
0: yeah it's but then they good. have um the, the mets aren't that bad for steals but yeah i'm not super excited about that matchup it, real
1: real quick i looked at mlb.com and yeah there's nothing for friday and one game for saturday for the tigers yeah so, so i think
0: interesting rotowire i don't know why you still got that up there that fooled uh, That fooled me I think that fooled quite a few people. I don't know what's going on there. But anyways, great, a great service generally, but that's a that's a big snafu right there. Um, then, um, yeah, so Haase and Kim, I don't know how I feel about that after looking at the schedule, honestly. I think I was just looking for a guy who was playing every day and he's playing every day. Uh, in my OC, I added Reed Detmer, 17 bucks, dropped Nick Pabetta, $0 uh, backup bid. Added JT Brubaker, dropped Nicola Dolo, Added Austin Slater, dropped Garrett Cooper. Slater's got three lefties. They're tough lefties, but three lefties yep. coming out of the break. Um, and he even played against a righty recently, and the Giants are struggling for hitting. So, you know, we'll see what we can get. In TGFBI, I added Leodi 36 bucks, backup of 26. I need speed pretty badly there. Dropped Michael A. Taylor, added Akil Badu, dropped Eric Cosmer, added Jason Adam, dropped Owen Miller, um, need some saves there, added Gene Segura for the stash, dropped Nick Pavetta. Uh, My TGFBI team, man, the pitching in my TGFBI team, poof, good God, it's good. Um,
1: So you're giving up on Nick Pavetta everywhere, huh?
0: uh, No, only in places that I, only in places where, in my OC I dropped him but I can pick him up next week for a buck probably I'm just making sure because people
1: people might hear this because you've dropped him there you dropped him to oh the yeah okay
0: let me tell you about my TGFBI pitching staff all right <laughs> this is why I dropped Nick Pavetta same reason I dropped Marco Gonzalez Corbin Burns Zach Wheeler Dylan Cease Miles Mikolas Kyle Wright my bench includes Lauer it includes Springs adam i have bard iglesias this is 16 anthony domingos brad hand so um no i think i'm like i mean i'm i'm 30th overall or something like that Yeah. what am i uh 34th overall but if you just look at pitching points oh i'm top 10 steve weimer's winning that one of course that punk um but i'm yeah i'm like i have the eighth best pitching so it's my hitting that's sad which is pretty much the case across the board so um anyways uh, enough about my great pitching um in barf i added brett martin dropped marco gonzalez added schwind 24 bucks zero dollar backup very aggressive there i added matt carpenter um for nine bucks uh no runner up there um barf is getting kind of nasty little uh, yeah people aren't I don't know how many people are paying attention anymore. Only, yep. uh, Maddie Wood, uh, who, who put in like seven bids last week. Who's great. Him and him, me, him and, um, John Posma are in a battle for our, our main event right now. Um, and Maddie's gone on a, a super hot streak. He's got a really, really great team there. So, I lost uh, all be my bids.
1: That was very disappointing. I, I did not have enough oh, really? contingent bids oh, in part That one get, that one got me good. I was more focused on my OCs. That's where I was. I was going like my contingency bids on my OCs were long. Like I there were a lot of ratio relievers I was in on. There was all kinds of things that I was going for in the OCs this week that uh did not pan out into my deeper leagues, of course. Um, speaking of the OCs, um, I got Jacob Junis, dropped Dane Dunning, eight dollars no runner up. Got Braxton Garrett, $8. Dropped Aaron Savali, $2 runner-up. Added Trent Grisham. Again, Padres' tough series coming up. But I like the improvements Grisham's making, even in the, the hard-hit skills and everything. I think we might have an interesting second half coming there. Dropped Kevin vizio $6, two, And I got Hassan Kim as well. Dropped Hunter Dozer, 4 for 0 uh, Those are more long-term uh, bids for me, kind of like what you were seeing every day at-bats. Uh, schedule's tricky though, so that'll be interesting uh, Next OC Added Brandon Belt, dropped Brent, Brendan Donovan 8 for 0 uh, Added Saranthi Dominguez, dropped Dane Dunning 6 with no runner-up, added Carson Kelly Dropped Mitch Garver, 6 for no runner-up uh, Next OC doo, doo, doo. This is the one we had four total, 5 total bids this, this week um, Added Leody Tavares, dropped Colton Wong $12 with no runner-up Added Braxton Garrett, dropped Dane Dunning 7 for uh, no runner-up Four of the five bids this week had no runner-up bids. One of them was a $1 runner-up. This, Yeah, this is the league that gave up quickly. Uh, and then in the next OC, added Matt Carpenter, dropped Michael Chavis, 13, with a runner-up of 12. Added Diego Castillo, dropped Glenn Otto, 3-1. Added JT Brubaker, dropped Will Smith, 3-2. to So I was pretty happy with those bids in that league. Those were all pretty close. But, yeah, didn't get too much else. It was almost the same stuff everywhere else. So I was on a lot of the same games you were on. A lot of JT Brubaker, a lot of um, uh, Braxton Garrett's, a lot of um, Belt was available, a lot of 12s. So I was putting bids in on Belt. Uh, so those were some fun ones. But a lot of outfielders were available. As I Tavares was my top top option for the week as I was uh, going through the goodies there. All right. Let's talk listener questions here. Started off with Joe G, just a simple one. How about just a prayer for Luis Robert? Yeah, that's uh, the guy just can't stay healthy. Oh, what happened? Did something happen to him? Uh, he's just a little banged up. He's fine for now, but he just keeps getting hurt every time. It seems like he's going to do well. He gets banged up, and he's like sidelined there day to day or something. So it's always something with Lou Bob. Um, Dave Petro's yellow. So I'm going to put myself out there with a gut take. I have Leodi Tavares over Estiri Ruiz rest of season, and my bidding this past week and reflected that. I did get Ruiz in on my two teams where Tavares was picked up last week, but on the other three, including my two most important, I got. Um, Leodi Tavares on both. Am I nuts and am I the only one thinking this way? I uh, know we agree with you, Dave. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I agree with Dave. Yeah, 100% there. And Dave got him in. Um, actually, I got my stuff up here because I'm in a league and he's winning the OC that I'm in with him. Let me see where he got this one. I'm pretty sure I can give the secret away since the move's already been done. That's not against NFBC code. Um, he added Leody Tavares for $89 with a runner-up of 23 in the one I'm in with him. He also got, I know that's a different guy, but yeah, 89 bucks for Leo DiTaveras in that OC that he's winning right now, doing very, very well. Uh, Todd Whitestone asks, hey guys, how about a short discussion of the San Francisco starting pitchers, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, and Logan Webb? How risky do you rate their first uh, post-All-Star break stat starts versus the Dodgers, and what's your rest of the season outlook for them? I have my biases, Toby. I'll let you have the floor first, though.
0: It remind me of the players, Logan Wood,
1: Webb. Wood, Cobb, and Webb.
0: Um, just just that start or just like overall? Just overall
1: what you think for the rest of the season. Like the Dodgers games are the Dodgers games to me. They're going to be tricky, but you're going to start them pretty much because there ain't many other options for the week. But, um, yeah, rest of the season, what do you think yeah. about those
0: three? Yeah, I mean, just looking at Wood, I mean, there's some, some lack of luck there. You know, he's got a high, the high, highest BABIP he's had since – His rook, or actually, I guess he had that shortened season in 2020, but in a very long time, uh, well above league average, uh, well above his career average. He's also got a strand rate that's well below his league average. So I think there's some positivity coming his direction there. K-walk, minus 18.3% is really solid. Swinging strike isn't that good, but gets a decent number of uh, called strikes. O-swing is nice. In-zone contact isn't great. You know they're not throwing him a lot. Like I remember he was cruising in his last start in the fifth inning and then an air and a couple just like infield singles and they they took him out of there at like 75, 80 pitches. I think they're really hesitant to let him go deep in games. Um because I think I think they showed a stat like after pitch 75, he's just god awful. Um so that's a little bit you know like so in a in a shallower league I think you're you're a little concerned about that. But I think in a deeper league you know, you kind of run them out there. Uh, Webb's been really good recently. I mean, Logan Webb is yeah. the type of guy that you're just going to have in there every single week. I think, I mean, even yeah. Wood, you're going to have him in there 80% of the time, probably. Yeah. So Webb, I mean, Webb's, he Webb's good. Out finally, which is great. To yeah. See. Let's check out the more recent one. Cause I know, um, let's check out his last 10. Cause I know he's did just start, you know, the strikeout rate is, is very low. He's only got 101 strikeouts in 117 innings. Yeah, K-rate's at 24.3% over the last 10, um, 5.6%. But, I mean, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to, like, blow you out of the water, I think, with K-walk minus stuff because the K-rate's slightly lower. But he is – I'm going to bump this down to five. Let's see recently what he's doing. It's been much better. Yeah. At least it feels that way watching him K rate's actually down in the last five. Wow. It was That's like, he went soccer. through like a period of like maybe five starts before that, but hasn't been as good recently. K rates only 20.6%. But again, like he's, you know, what's his ground ball rate. It's like 87% or something like that. It's like his ground ball rate is close to 60%, yeah. you know? So um again, he hasn't found that magic sauce that he had last year where he just had the elite ground balls and the and the swinging strike stuff. He hasn't been able to find that, but I think he's fine. You throw him in there all the time. If he's got one start and it's like at the Dodgers, then maybe not. But um yeah, I think that all depends. And was there one more guy in there?
1: Uh, Alex Cobb.
0: Alex Cobb. Sorry, guys. The luckiest I don't, pitcher I don't have in it, all I have of these. The question in front of me. Yeah, I know, but Let's see what eventually
1: you just had to give up on that theory. It's been bad.
0: Yeah, so he's better not striking out that yeah. many guys. I mean, his strike swinging strike rate yeah. is 9.8%, K minus walk is 16.1%, O swing's nice, but his challenge is last year he could get guys outside inside the zone, and he can't do that right now. 89.4% in zone contact rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's been kind of unlucky. 324, the 58.8 strand rate is not good, but he's generally at a low strand rate throughout his career. You know, his career is 71.8%, which is lower than about the 72% that's average. You know, he's limiting home runs considerably, which is really, really good. Um, so that strand rate for sure comes up and he improves and gets better, but he's not the same guy that he was last year. At least he hasn't shown that yet. Um, how many games does he have since he came back from his injury one, four, two, maybe three, four, five, six. Six. Six games. Let's see what he's doing in his last six games. You know, because we're interested in those like non-random endpoints. So yeah, he's he's sucked in his last six games. I mean, skills-wise, he's sucked. Yep. So his in-zone in contact cost. rate ninety-three percent. O swing down at thirty-one point two. K rate down at fifteen point seven percent over his last six games since coming back walk rates at six percent not bad but it's right about the same as his swinging strike rate is let's see if his velo's down over that period of time that wouldn't surprise me um oops yeah velo's down let me see his sinker oh it's actually up that's interesting The
1: the splitter is what's important for him if he's yeah. getting it working, he's
0: doing good. If he's not, he's in trouble. Well, let's see how often he's throwing it. Oops, that's velocity. Yeah, he's throwing it forty one point nine percent of the time. So, I don't know what's going on there. Um, whether, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, honestly. Well, like, but uh, it's not pretty with- recently. It's not pretty recently. Recently,
1: it's been very tough to watch with him. Uh, and the problem is with all the balls in play he's giving up, the defense has been pretty bad for the Giants. It's compared to years past, like it's been a bad defense that it's filled many times. Um, so I'm not going to give him all the blame, but he still is not getting the job done. He's got to be striking guys mo- out more often and at least getting them to miss and he's just not doing it. So Cobb's sketchy. Yeah. Wood I like, yeah, going deep into games is an issue for Wood, but we've seen some positive signs of late. Um, kind of a couple of games probably skewed his stats in the positive in a big way because the overall probably has not been great. But I could see Wood being formidable more often than not for you. And Webb, like you said, you're going to pitch him every time. Unless like unless he's in Coors and you have better options, you're pretty much going with Webb every time out there. And against the Rockies this year, you probably throw him in Coors too. So um, it, it's, it's an interesting situation. But uh, I think Webb's a lock. Wood's most of the time. Cobb's a sketchy one. Streamer right about now. Like I'd, I'd honestly rather roll Jacob Junis than Alex Cobb right now that's where i'd be when it comes to giants pitching so we'll have to kind of see how that goes all right next question anthony gialdi has a question for me uh what would you say is your best barbecue in ribs brisket chicken etc do you ever get into barbecue competitions we have a big one here in kansas city hey, you um, want to know something i gotta answer this one Baba. this oh, is my specialty i know Just that's what i was wondering this is you um Now, for me, I'd say my best is probably some sort of steak of some sort, but uh, I do like some uh, some ribs as well. I need to get brisket figured out. That's one thing that's on my list of things to do uh, over the next couple months. Um, And I have not done any official competitions. I've had some friends do some rib cook-offs down in Arizona but uh, I have not. We just do a bunch of catering and fundraising around here. The group I barbecue with, we raise money for kids in the area by cooking, basically. So uh, that's what we do. That's when I post my pictures. We're feeding lots of people because they pay us to cook, and that's what we do. So it's a fun little deal. The guys get together and barbecue big meals and uh, have some fun. But, when when
0: um, you, you uh, going to start throwing tofu on that barbecue? We actually, have, wanna... we actually have, have an you? event.
1: No, no, not yet, but I have because I'm the president of this club right now, so people call me to like organize the menu things. and see what we can do oh, and man. we have a potential wedding coming up in November and they asked us cuz we do like a special like um, pink bean recipe deal with like different stuff they asked if we could do a vegan beans
0: oh. so
1: no no tofu but it, that'd be a first for this club let's put it that way well so, e- it, big moves big,
0: big moves in my house my kids who haven't really eaten meat their whole lives are now uh ranging into the meat department so we had like a pepperoni pizza like I think I actually t- touched the pepperoni at one <laughs> point in time I was like oh my god
1: yeah no I get it I I heard um we're, our buddy Rob DiPietro had I believe a slack and um
0: second second yeah
1: yeah um and you guys were and he, they brought you into the conversation because uh, I believe you guys are all vegans, all four of you, or just um, three of you. Sackett no, might not be.
0: Uh, no, Sackett's a vegan. Slack might I'm not be. I'm just, I, I eat fish and, and seafood. Oh, okay, so you're pescatarian. Yeah, so I'm pescatarian. Yeah, I don't know. I, love, I don't think I Slack seafood. is, I, he, I don't think. I don't think he is for sure, but he could be. Like, I, they I said they had them. a
1: they had a big conversation on it, and I respect yeah. it all. That's why it's fun. Like um, I, I really don't care what people eat, to be honest with you. If whatever makes you happy, whatever floats your boat, like do it. I and mean, you uh, guys are
0: raising money for kids. That's what we're Holy doing. We, we
1: give we give thousands of dollars away to kids and uh, scholarships and all kinds of other things. So it's cool. that's the purpose of it all for us. We're not just like, hey, let's just go get really fat. That's that's not that's not the goal <laughs> on this one. But uh, we do get to eat well. We get to eat it, but it's uh, not just for us. All right, uh, Edward J. Gillis, I hinted at this question earlier. Hey, guys, not much pitching out there in 15-team leagues. I picked up Cole Irvin from Oakland a couple of times. He's 15-team viable from time to time, I, I agree. I mean, he's uh, been good. I dropped him yeah. a while
0: back in 15-teamers, and he's been good since.
1: He said Domingo Herman two weeks ago. He should be coming back from the IL potentially. And the uh, opinion on them and who have you grabbed in the last two weeks? You mentioned Irvin. He threw a gem against the Astros in his last start. Like He's got those he's got blow-ups which you expect from Cole Irvin. But I think he's got better or more good starts than bad starts, if that makes sense to anybody out there. He's been formidable, especially in 15s. I could see that appeal. Hermon, I'm just worried about what you're gonna get because he hasn't pitched much lately outside of these re-ups. When he got hurt, we haven't really seen much of Domingo Herman. And in that Yankees rotation, where's he gonna fit in? That's my concern. But what's your thoughts on Cole Irvin and Domingo Herman? And then who have you been picking up lately?
0: Yeah, I think um, with Herman, um, I think with Herman, he'd fill in for Severino. That's right. Um, I think yeah, that, I think that's yep. the talk. That's correct. That's correct. Herman, uh, we kind of like know who he is. Um, low whip because he doesn't walk a lot of guys because of the O swing being really high. Uh, decent strikeouts, but man, does he give? Does he love to give up a homer? One point six six home runs per nine throughout his career, and I think that's been kind of the bugaboo um against him that's like what's really hurt him so the era i wouldn't expect anything necessarily to change you can look at like his bat projection i mean it's good 392, 117 whip 37 strikeouts and 39 innings pitched so i like that especially with the opportunity for wins that you might get there um you know not thinking about all the like off the field um stuff with herman either um and then what was the other cole Irvin? oh cole Irvin. Yeah, I think I think he's one of those like the upside pretty low because the K rate is so low. Yeah. Um, you know, like yeah, his K rate sixteen point one percent, career sixteen point four percent. And I think the challenge with that is if you can be successful, if you can keep that ERA down, if you can keep that WHIP down, you know, then great, like that's awesome. But it's really hard to do that in Major League Baseball when you're when the ball is being put in play that often. 258 Babbitt, you know, his career is 294. So definitely regression coming there. So and then it's like he's on the A's. So how many games is he actually going to win? Although that yeah. team has been like a little bit better. So I just think like that, that the upside is very low on on Irvin. Yeah. I'd much rather yeah. have Herman in that instance. So
1: and Irvin is strictly a fifteen team league guy. Like unless he's got a great two start and a twelve. Oh yeah, sure. uh, I'm just I'm just gonna make that very clear because I've looked at Irvin many times. He's been like on conditional bids down the list. Like I get it if you need somebody, but. Let me be very clear. He is more of a 15-team guy in the long run, 100%. I think it, he, his other part of the question was guys we've been adding lately. I think it's guys we've talked about, like Max Mayer, if he was available. Jacob Junis, if you can jump on him early. Um, Reed Detmers was available in some 15s when he first got called up. JT Brubaker was, was a good one to, to go add. Uh, stuff along those lines is what I'd be thinking. Like I know some people added Daniel Lynch before he went on the I.L. Um, Dane Dunning was popular before he got hurt. Um, guys like that is kind of where I'd be leaning in 15s. But it's always a, f- a fluctuating situation of which four or five starters coming back from the I.L. that you can pick up.
0: <laughs> yeah, starters were particularly brutal this week. There was right. really nothing out there. Um, let me see. I think he got picked up. Let me just let me just double check here. One guy that I liked that I didn't end up getting anywhere. My challenge right now or not a challenge. I mean, it's a good spot to be in is just that like my pitching is generally my strength. And so I'm finding myself going after hitters a lot more and not even being aggressive on pitchers that I really like, because I don't want to spend my fab on, on them. Um, I think he he must've been picked up. So yeah, he was picked up in virtually all of my leagues. Uh, Cutter Crawford was a name that I really liked um, heading into this week, Uh, but he got picked up everywhere, you know, with, Waka on the IL and with um, Sale now probably out. I don't. I didn't see the update on how long he's going to be out, but I'm assuming it's a pretty long time. With those openings in the rotation, Cutter Crawford's actually been really good. Yeah, um, he's, he's been, been good, really good. Mm-hmm. And so the problem was when he was going to pitch, but now he seems to have a little bit of an opening. And I mean, you can love Michael Waka all you want, but if you look at his metrics so far Crawford's this year, the man better. is. Smoke and mirrors so far. Mm-hmm. Like, um let's see, Waka. Yeah, Waka's got like an eight point five percent swinging strike rate, nine point nine percent K minus walk. Like, somehow he has a two six nine ERA because of a two forty Babbitt, but he's not giving up any home runs. You know, 80%, eighty percent, eighty point nine percent strand rates, 7%, seven over seven percent higher than his career average, despite having the lowest swinging strike rate of his career, the second lowest K minus walk rate of his career, the worst end zone contact of his career. Like that guy's going to get blown the heck up, you know, the second half of the season. So I liked Cutter Crawford that he was my, he was the starter that I was most aggressive after
1: yeah he's, he he seems to be uh like you said locked in there which is big i'm trying to find a tweet and if i can find it by the end of the show i'll i'll put it out there someone compared him to an elite starter a bit, and kind of compared their overall uh like you know k k percentages and like contact rates i know it's a small sample of crawford but it's pretty impressive so if i can find that i'll i'll bring it up as we go on but i think that's a, a really good call there with a cutter crawford uh man
0: i'm i'm pissed yeah. off oh what happened uh, oh well, one of the leagues where I needed, where I kind of need a little bit of starting pitching, I had Andres Munoz above Cutter Crawford, which makes sense. I mean, in some respects, but I got Miguel Rojas instead of Cutter Crawford. Yeah, that That could come, mistake, that could come man. back. Man, what the heck happened there?
1: It happens. You're 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 just innocent, but it, it happens. You're not perfect. You're not a robot like uh, your your buddy Phil. So it's okay. You're allowed to make mistakes. Um. Last question I have here is uh, Lil Book of Calm. He asks, who are the relief pitchers most likely to be affected by a trade, either by leaving their current situations or by their team acquiring somebody new? And this is always the fun guessing game that we play. But um, I think you look at the bad teams. know Orioles used to be a bad team. I still think Jorge Lopez could be dealt, which brings Felix uh, Batista into play for sure. And then you just kind of go down the list. Um, you know, Kansas City is always interesting to do something, but you never know how that's going to play out. Uh, Oakland's always in play as well with Lou Trevino. Don't uh, say that. Don't put that into I, the world. I would love I to, see to see Lou Trevino to too, but we know we know the A's. I think Joe Mantiply could replace Mark Melanson here sooner than later because even though Melanson is getting paid, he has been messy, messy, messy. Uh, David Robertson for the Cubs could get dealt at some yeah. point in time, which could make things fun. Um has been bad. So Evan Phillips could be something to look into as well. And there's some of those other revolving doors. So who, who are some of the guys you're looking at there in uh, the relief market? I mean, you
0: mentioned a lot of them. The biggest one for me has been Felix Bautista. I actually picked him up a couple weeks ago. Um, Jorge Lopez has been really good. And I think the Orioles will try to take advantage of that. But Bautista was also injured. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where he's at. I think he tried. he threw a bullpen... On Sunday, and people thought he might come into the game, but then he went back to the dugout. So I'm not sure what the latest is on that. It'll be interesting to monitor that situation. I think that um, I think that uh, David Robertson's a good one, but who takes over that role? I mean, good luck. Rowan Wick has been really bad. Maybe um, Givens. Maybe Givens has been okay. I think. Yeah um f has been really good but you never know like what direction they're gonna go there so yeah yeah it's no, not it, it's kind of bleak honestly
1: it is and the other problem is is with another playoff team in each league getting in there it just it makes the question of even less guys might get dealt or moved or a lot of questions can take place it's, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, i think you have better chances of guys just losing their job because mm-hmm. they stink uh, so you can play that game. If you want to play Reds roulette, knock yourself out. I'd prefer not to. Marlins have options because Tanner Scott, will he stick forever? Probably not. Uh, like, just be realistic on some of these. Even the Giants with Camilo Duvall, he's going to get most of them. But we've seen uh, other other guys get shots. So it's, it comes down to the, do you want to get guys with good ratios that get strikeouts that might sneak out a winner? It's like Devin Williams. I've been trying to add him everywhere I can. I know, And that, that was even before Hader was getting hit around. Devin Williams is like the Paul Sewald types. So that just gets such good ratios, such good strikeouts. Like, gets you wins, sneaks in some saves. Uh, Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, those type of guys. Um, I, I, that's kind of the things I'd be looking at too. So something to think about. All right, Toby, any closing thoughts as we wrap up another episode of Bubba and Batflip?
0: No. Uh, second half of the season, it's there. Let's, yep. let's go I'll- grab it.
1: 11 more fab periods. I think someone put it, it's like 40 to 45% of the season left to go. We're just or a little over halfway because technically, you know, once we leave July, we have, what, two months, August, September, two full months to go. So uh, it's uh, we're getting – it's going by fast. We still have a long ways to go, though. So it's kind of like one of those – it feels like we're getting close, but we still got a long ways to go. So keep grinding. People are playing football. You can see it everywhere. We've mentioned the guy, like, certain leagues. I just – I laughed so hard when I saw it. 12 team OC where people paid 350 bucks to get into. Now I know it's not a main event, but they paid 350 to get into this league. There were five moves this last week, and one of them had a runner up bid of one dollar. The rest were unopposed. I was just like, I wish I would have had more guys to drop. I could have had everybody on the face of the planet in this league, but I just, to me I just didn't have any of the drop. So you're seeing it already. I know it was a holiday weekend, so you might have got or it was the all star weekend, I mean, so people might have kind of slept on it, but you're gonna see more of that going forward. That's just the way it's gonna be. So buckle up, see what happens, and we'll be back with you guys next week with another fab recap for you. Check out Toby on Twitter at BatflipCrazy. Crazy. I'm at Bedientric. This was Bub and the Batflip episode 129. Catch y'all later.
0: That's gonna wrap us up for episode 225 of the Batflip Crazy podcast and edition number 129. Bub and the Batflip. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you're having a good all-star break we're heading into crunch time in fantasy baseball season and i know because you guys listen to the podcast you're prepared you're ready you're ready to take advantage um no but seriously thank you so much for listening always appreciate it hope you get some rest over the next couple days and best of uh best of luck with all of your fantasy baseball research your fantasy baseball teams take care and be kind to one another